This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. The most meaningless exercise in sports media. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Mackey and Judd with Myron Medcalf in today. Uh, Judd's going to be on vacation for a few days. So Chris Long from Channel 5 is going to join us at the Venture Bank Minnesota Golf Show tomorrow with uh, all kinds of fun stuff planned. Lou Nanny's going to be on tomorrow. Usually he joins us today, but uh, he's traveling around, so we, we bumped him by a day. And uh, Monday, Matthew Collar for uh, a lot of Viking stuff. He'll join us in studio, too, for a couple segments in about an hour from now. So we are monitoring the Ryan Pasiga press conference here that's supposed to start in a few minutes. He's the attorney for Reggie Lynch, who was scheduled to have his first appeals hearing today in about two or three hours from now. And uh, so Myron Medcast's been on this story, and we're hoping to have more details, maybe even in the coming minutes, but we'll keep you posted on that. So let's just start with, like, what – there's a million things we could dive into here with Gopher Basketball. They're 3-12 and 12 in conference. Um, you know, they've got the new practice facilities going up, and it was supposed to be more of a joyous, celebratory time, but you got this dark cloud hanging over the university and all these accusations, and the team is playing like crap, so – like if you could deliver, what's what would be your your opening lines for a Gopher basketball state of the program address, or even Gopher athletics in that regard? Uh, drama, yeah, you know what I mean. And like to me, it, I think the easy narrative is to say if they were a hundred percent healthy, they'd be at the top of the Big Ten. Yeah. I mean, we saw them healthy against Miami, and they weren't better than a Miami team that is in the middle of the ACC, right? I mean. They go to Providence, they win. They had that weird three-on-five game against Alabama. Yeah. So to me, even at the start of the season, they weren't necessarily what we expected. They were dealing with some injuries. Now you look at them and you go, this is a lost season. You have the facilities, solid recruiting class, but but this is, to me, one of those years that could have been the launching pad. Like, they should be Ohio State, you would think right now. Ohio State surprised everybody. Ohio State had eight scholarship players at one point this season. So you look at Minnesota – you know it's possible. You don't have to have three, four NBA guys. But every week it's just gotten worse and worse. And the injuries are a huge part of it. But even with what they've done, despite the injuries, it hasn't been impressive, right? No one's impressed by what Rich Bettino has done. No one's impressed by the Gophers. And I thought against Michigan State and even games before that, I thought they quit in the second half. They just didn't have the same heart. Yeah, I'm with you. There's been a couple times where you know you've got Nate Mason and Jordan Murphy on the floor. And you shouldn't get embarrassed as often as they have. And I get the injuries are decimating. But some of the games you're playing in, you're not you're not playing Michigan State every single night. You're not playing Purdue every single night. So even even with the injuries, I've expected a little bit more. I, I wouldn't have thought three conference wins with Reggie Lynch and Amir Coffey. I, I guess I would have thought that 
you could be you're not even make the NIT. Not that yeah. that not that like anyone really cares whether or not they make the NIT. The NCAA is the bar, but you're going to go from top 15 in the country to not even making the NIT. Now, I still think as far as people calling for Richard Pitino's job, whether it's for the off the court stuff with Reggie Lynch or the on the court poor performances two of the last three years, especially, I think if you're Pitino, you're going to hang your hat on two things. Number one, and Coyle, the timeline of the Reggie Lynch allegations or accusations, the ones that are in the public eye right now are from two years ago. Mark Coyle comes in, you implement new processes, and you set up educational programs, and you're going to hang your hat on, wait a second, like, our guys have been clean for two years. This is from two years ago. We're not, we're certainly not letting Reggie Lynch off the hook here, and he's very unlikely to play unless he goes through with his appeals hearings. So that's the first thing you're going to hang your hat on. Number two, you're going to say, all right, Jordan Murphy comes back. Uh, Isaiah Washington's been better. The 2018 recruiting class with three of the top four uh, in-state recruits are going to come in here. Eric Curry comes back. There's talent going into next year. Give it a chance and see what happens. So there are there are some silver linings, but it did it feels a little bit like this was their year to really cash in with some talented professional caliber players. And for three or four different reasons, it didn't it didn't happen. Well, and and especially you cash in in a Big Ten that's maybe the worst Big Ten in a decade. I mean, this hasn't been a four bid league since 2008. So now you come into a league where Ohio State could win the league, and you have Purdue and Michigan State are pretty good, but who's the four team fighting to get in? Michigan, you know, maybe Nebraska with a late run gets in. This is like a four bid league. It's the perfect setting for Minnesota to rise, compete for a Big Ten championship, and they couldn't do it. And I think this is why it's such a big setback. Yeah, everyone comes back. If you get Curry back, Isaiah, if Murphy comes back, but still, this could have been really the launching pad. Richard Pitino's problem will be dealing with on and off court issues. You know, usually a coach has one or the other, and that can cost them their job. Richard's in the middle of two situations the off court issues and the on court issues. So I think he'll be back, but I also will not be surprised at all if a move is made given everything that's happened. Like if you're Coil, you've got to be thinking what's the reputation of my basketball program nationally? Is Richard Pitino enhancing that reputation or is he hurting it and I think there are a lot of arguments to be made that he's harming that reputation considering say what you want about Reggie Lynch he's the guy that recruited him this is the guy who was accused of sexual assault comes back after he's not charged but people will still say you're responsible for recruiting that guy and bring him into our community and that's the truth yeah that doesn't mean you told him to get involved in these things he's accused of doing but you did bring him into the community. And it's and it's so nuanced because Patina would tell you, all right, I'm trying to build something from scratch here because when I took this job, the cupboards were bare. Outside of the Hollands kids, I mean, like he had to go out just to just to win the NIT, he had to go out and find a starting point guard from a community college in Arizona, DeAndre Matthew. He had to he had to have Mo Walker lose 150 pounds. Yeah. Uh so, so and, and and part of that process was bringing in Reggie Lynch as a transfer sit out a year, so he would tell you you got to take some risks on players. In our background checks, and maybe they weren't thorough enough, and and you could argue that there was nothing criminal. He wasn't arrested for anything, and so maybe we can get him in here, mold him. Obviously, that didn't happen because there's stories all over the place now, and he's and he's on the verge of getting expelled. Um, so it's tough when you're trying to build a program and people are demanding wins, and if you don't deliver wins, you're going to get fired. To do it without taking chances. Now, if you take over Kentucky, all right, 
You got McDonald's All-Americans knocking on your door. That's not the case here. There hasn't been an NBA player since Chris Humphreys in 2004. So I understand wanting to take chances, but I'm with you too. At some point, if those chances blow up in your face or if you can't develop some of the players that you're bringing in, um, you know, that's the that's the volatility that you're working with when you when you go that route. Yeah, calculated risks, right? Like, to, to me, I agree with you. You, you have to take chances. You, you're going to get some damaged goods if you're trying to reboot a team in that situation. I get that 100%. But you also have to be very careful. Patino brought in a bunch of guys who were on that list of, that's a risk, right? That's a red flag. There are a bunch of dismissals, suspensions, and I think with the Reggie Lynch situation, people are not looking at this as an isolated situation considering what's already happened. They're looking at this as a pattern. And that's what Richard Bettino will have to fight in the offseason. Is this an anomaly in being, you know, this Reggie Lynch situation? Or is this a pattern? Is this the culture of your program? People want to win and they're willing to do a lot to get those wins. But when you have a situation where someone puts your team in jeopardy, if there are things happening off the court that could damage your program, coaches have to weigh that as well. And I think the knock against Richard will be, we don't know what you knew about Reggie Lynch. We don't know what's true and what's not true, but we know we're in a big mess, and you're going to be the last guy standing that has to tell us why it happened. Yeah, and uh, and I, I guess if I had to venture gun to the head right now, I think he's back for sure next year. And and it's and, and for him it's you got to produce on the court and also if basically if one other story off the court pops up okay you know now now it's there's there's way too much already built up the last three or four years to even tolerate one more story off the court that's the position he's in I think he probably knows that's the position he's in but on the court you got some good young freshmen coming in Isaiah Washington was Mr Basketball in New York he's going to be a sophomore he might not be Nate Mason but you've got some talent here. Go back to the NCAA tournament. I think there's going to be high standards. Let's come back. We can open up phone lines, too, if people have thoughts. And Reggie Lynch, it looks like, is expected to maybe even talk at this press conference. And I know you're going to have more information. You've been doing some reporting here during the commercial breaks on um, on this press conference that's about to happen with Reggie Lynch's attorney. So 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. Mackie and Judd with Myron Medcalf in for Judd. Mackie and Judd now continue. Here comes the life of the party. On 1500. Corrupting the minds and the hearts of our children. ESPN. Myra Medcalf, who's been covering college basketball, used to cover the Gophers uh, during the Tubby Smith era. Were you Dan Munson and Tubby Smith era? No, just Tubby. I started with... Started with Tubby, the year after okay. months in life, yep. So you've uh, you've had experience with this program, and and I mean, hell, 10 years ago, Tubby was begging for practice facilities and talking about it, and now, now the Gophers have finally unveiled to, to less fanfare than, than would have been if the Gopher football team was thriving and the Gopher basketball team wasn't so bad on the court and off the court things, and we're waiting to hear from Reggie Lynch's lawyer here. We're going to just follow the press conference and then pass along the updates, and Myron's going to have more information on it, too, so... That'll probably happen later this segment, but just for now, this practice facility that went up, I have so many questions. I, I I think it's great, and I think it's long overdue, and, I, and I'll never forget the first time a few years ago when we used to tape the Richard Pitino show in the basement of Beerman in just a conference room, <laughs> and, you know, he didn't like, Pitino doesn't like on the record until they built this. He doesn't like to complain about it because he's, he's pretty self-aware in that. 
I'm in my early 30s. I know people think I get these jobs because of my dad, and I don't want to be the one that whines and complains about circumstances. I just want to try and do the best I can. But just so you know, you know, let's take a tour through the facility so you can have a better idea. And I walked into the men's practice locker room. And I, I even asked like the person that was taking me around, I said, is, th- what, is this like, what is this? Said, yeah. This is our locker room. It was the size of a bedroom with lockers, by the way, all just jammed in, seven footers. And these guys are eating lunch on the floor yeah. at these picnic tables in the hallway with all these other athletes and students walking through. I'm thinking, you're trying to be on the same level as Michigan State yeah. in basketball no and Wisconsin and Ohio State in football. And your student athletes, when able to choose between almost any top program that they want at that level to go to, it's a recruiting process, and they're eating lunch on the floor with paper plates and this locker room you can't even spread out in, it was embarrassing. It really was compared to the rest of the teams you're competing with. Well, Tubby would tell me, you know, Joe Maturi promised me a practice facility, you know, when he hired me. And and I would talk about this thing when I was at the Star Tribune all the time because I would travel. And people would go, oh, no big deal. Let the kids play in the old gym. And I'm like, fine, but you're going to fall behind. Because I see these facilities. I go around the country to all the big-time programs. You're not a big-time program without a practice facility. I yeah. guarantee you that. Baylor's got a deal. We were talking off air in their facility. I, I I think, if I recall correctly, you get in with an eye scan, like an individual eye scan. Like Mission Impossible. Something like that. And every kid gets to pick an Xbox One or a PS4. And at their individual locker stalls. And when you look up on the big flat screen above your locker, because these are very wide lockers, there's a loop of all your highlights from the season just playing over and over again. They've got a film room. They've got, I mean, it is amazing. The the lounges, Indiana has a lounge that's connected to like a student academic center. So when people say, oh, these kids already have too much, it's not just basketball. It's academics. It's It's staying together. It's all those things, like these teams where guys don't have to go anywhere. They can just practice all day. That is what these players want. Lawrence Westbrook, who used to play for Tubby, told me a story. Lawrence was the top scorer on the team at the time when I was covering him. He said he went to Williams Williams Arena one night. He wants to shoot. He's the top player on the basketball team. Wants to get better. Wants to get better. Locked. Can't get in. He's got to call Tubby who has to call the head of janitorial services at the U of M at like 1 a.m., and then they got to come and let them in. Can you imagine if you're just a student, like a journalism student, like like us back in the day, and you want to get some extra studying in, and you can't. <laughs> like, I want to get better at my craft, and I want to <laughs> progress forward, and I can't get into the library, or I can't get into, you know, a study hall area. Yeah, it's it was – I always – the comparison I made was if as a fan base and as a, as a town here – if you're constantly ragging on the Gophers in football and basketball for not competing on the same level as a Wisconsin or you know whoever whatever the top programs are at, at the time of the conversation, you can't then poo-poo practice facilities and resources. It's like, all right, you're a single guy. You want to find a wife or a date or a girlfriend, right? Well, if you're going to show up 50 pounds overweight, wrinkled clothes, bad breath. Good luck. Get yourself together. Yeah. If you want, if 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 you have high aspirations, you got you got to start and look inward first. You got to take yourself seriously before other people can. And so, with the unveiling of the 150, 160 million dollar facilities, and I and I haven't toured them yet, and you, we both just looked at pictures and heard secondhand accounts. But now, at least, they're finally on the level of some of these other programs. 
I guess my next question would be how far behind are they? What percentage of Power 5 football and take the top like 6 7 conferences in basketball, you know, is it are they are they just going along with now the other 80% that already have these facilities? Is it I mean it's kind of a prerequisite now more than an advantage, right? These yeah. facilities. I think they're behind. I mean they were definitely behind coming into this. I mean, I think certainly basketball the Power 5s most of them have them. But here's the thing. Most of them had them when I was covering the Gophers for the Star Tribune a decade ago. Like, that's how far behind they are. I'll give you another quick story about the value of a facility. We are at a media event, a press conference before a game for Tubby at Williams Arena. All of a sudden, no joke, Mackie, 100 kids, 100 girls run into Williams Arena doing backflips on the court. They're putting down mats. We don't know what's going on. Techno music starts thumping, right, as we're trying to talk to Tubby. So Tubby goes to Matt Sleater was the the PR guy at the time. He says, "Hey, uh, the woman who runs it, he, he, I don't know what's happening. Can you tell her just to wait? You know, for us, there was like some gymna- gymnastics meet going on. So he goes to her and says, "Hey, can you can you turn it down just while we're doing our press conference?" She goes, "No, it's our time to be on the floor." Wow. So Tubby Smith, head of the University of National Championship, national championship has to move his press conference because <laughs> you know the flipping gymnasts of Minnesota have to use that facility. And and that's not even disrespect to non-revenue sports. It's no. just, wait a second, there's only one place where yeah. all of this can be happening right now? That doesn't make sense. Well, and these weren't university gymnasts. These were 13, 12-year-olds as, as part of some event that wow. was happening. I mean, the look on Tubby's face. Yeah. Now, I've had some looks from Tubby. Like, one time I thought he was going to punch me <laughs> when I asked him about Royce White. This is like the second probably meanest stare I got from Tubby Smith, not me, but just everyone involved because he was upset, man. But that's what happens when you don't have your own thing. Uh, it looks like some of these quotes are coming out now from the press conference. Ryan Pasiga here. Chad Graff is out there for The Athletic and Daniel House from uh, Gopher Hole and 1500ESPN.com. Uh, this is from Daniel House. Daniel House NFL is his Twitter handle. Reggie Lynch is speaking here at this press conference, and he said, quote, I did not commit any of the acts I'm being accused of. So coming out aggressively, I believe this is the first time Reggie Lynch has spoken publicly, correct, since yeah. the, the process began? He has not talked publicly since everything went down in early January. Um, I had a chance to talk to his uh, attorney, uh, and, you know, this is what we expected. And he uh, is dropping his appeal. That's what's going to come out of this thing. He is going to turn pro, and he's going to try to focus on life after the University of Minnesota and maintain his innocence. You know, he still maintains uh, he's innocent, his innocence. So, yeah, this is, man, um, any any more information that you feel comfortable sharing here, too, because I know you've done some reporting on this. But So, basically, Reggie Lynch is, uh, the quote here is, we do not feel the appeal climate will be fair. Reggie Lynch's mom is at this hearing right now, too. His mom said that uh, they don't feel like the appeals climate will be fair. So he's denying all allegations, uh, he is foregoing his right to an appeals process, and that means he's expelled from the University of Minnesota. So Reggie Lynch will move on. I don't. I don't think he's going to play in the NBA. Maybe a D League guy, G League guy, but uh, more likely play in Europe somewhere. So it's it. This is a really complicated discussion revolving around Reggie Lynch because it's a he said she said. There are no criminal charges. You certainly want to respect the word and the feelings and the recollection of women 
alleged uh, alleged accusers in these cases. You also don't want to rush to a judgment to to pin a guy up and tar and feather somebody without adequate proof. So these are really, really difficult stories to navigate, whether you're talking about them on the radio or writing about them or just a fan or a human being looking from the outside in. But I, my, my stance on this for two months, Myron, has been there's way too much smoke for there not to be some fire here. And Reggie Lynch doesn't seem to be taking any responsibility for anything. And the way he makes it seem is, well, I mean, I'm just the unluckiest guy in the world. And that can't be right. Yeah. It can't be right in my mind. Mackie, you and I are, are in the public eye, right? And, and we have jobs where if we do something to embarrass our employers, right, that's it for us. right? Yeah. We're, we're going to be penalized for it. We might not go to jail. No. But there's another middle layer in there, which is, hey. Which means we got to put ourselves in smart situations, right? We got to put ourselves in situations where you go, you know, even if I don't do something, is this the right place to be? That's what I think at a minimum happened with Reggie Lynch. You have three allegations in the span of a month. At a minimum, this is a guy who put himself in situations where these things are somehow finding him, right? At If this is all true, we're dealing with a guy who has done some very, very bad things and should have never been a part of the university. There's nothing good that can come out of this. I understand him maintaining his innocence, but... Everyone involved has to understand how you get to a point where you go, this number of allegations, okay, this guy has to go. And this idea that all of a sudden schools have to follow the process, you know it. Coaches get rid of kids for having the wrong attitude. You know how many coaches have dismissed players because they just didn't like the way they walked around the field, didn't like their attitude? So this idea that all of a sudden you got to wait for a process is baloney. It always has been. But, you know, Reggie... Is it a situation where you're right? It's he said, she said. It could all be false. But we it's, gotta, by the way, it's he said, she said, she said, she said, exactly, she said exactly. in this case. And I think as media, we got to do a better job of saying, you know what? Yeah, maybe these are a bunch of false accusations. But look at the burden of proof. Look at what it takes for a woman to be heard in situations involving sexual misconduct. Like, look at all these cases where if you don't have multiple situations, people go, you're lying. So to me, we've got to be comfortable with maybe he didn't do this. Maybe he's been falsely accused. Maybe these women are all telling the truth. And this guy was on this roster, was a very bad guy, and should have never had the right to play for the Gophers. Both are possibilities. Uh, Ryan Pasiga, Reggie Lynch's attorney, just to to keep some of these quotes flowing out here from this press conference. uh, He said, quote, we have this problem where if you're not supporting the accuser, you're a bad person. So this is Reggie Lynch, his attorney, Ryan Pasiga, and Reggie Lynch's mother are, uh, are at this. And the recap is he's maintaining his innocence. They aren't going to go forward with the appeals process. They don't feel like it's a, it's a fair playing field for whatever reasons they have uncovered behind the scenes. And it looks like he's just going to go on. And, I mean, that's the only thing he can do because he's expelled from the university and he's going to try and play professional basketball however he can. Yeah, and his lawyer told me all this. We had a conversation last night, actually. And I promised them I would hold off, you know, until they started the press conference. But, yeah, they think the process is unfair. Uh, They think it favors the alleged victims in the case. Um, But I also think you could look at the reverse and you could go, what does it take if you are a woman who has been victimized? What does it take to get justice? I mean, this is a situation where, again, you might have someone on campus who committed three acts in the span of a month. 
and still got to play a year and a half of his career, can still go make money overseas. Maybe it's all false. I get that. But that's the other alternative that we have to consider here. And that, to me, Mackie, when we go back to Richard Pitino, that's what I think he's going to have to deal with. At some point, Pitino will have to explain himself, even if there is no explanation. Yeah, and I think what I'd love to know, and it's possible that we just will never know this, from when they drew a line in the sand and said, we're going to keep Patino. this is two years ago now, but this is going to have to be a really, really well-monitored situation where we change the culture, we start implementing more education, and these players are on their absolute best behavior. Has Reggie Lynch and then the rest of the team, have they all been on their best behavior for two years? Because if that's the case, then I think you can say, well, you know what, there was a lot of bad stuff early on, and the Reggie Lynch... Allegations do stem from two years ago, but hey, it, when given a second chance, the program has gotten its act together. Now it's possible another story pops up in a month, and we say, "Well, fool, you know, foolish of us for thinking that they had turned around this culture of mishaps in the athletic department, which is what it's been for twenty years, by yeah. the way. Whether it's academically or socially, or whatever the buzzwords are that they now use in that, yeah. <laughs> that academically, spiritually, the, whatever, yeah." So let's come back. Dave's got some questions to ask us in questions of significance. And if anything else comes out from this, we'll let you know. We'll keep you posted on it. But, Dave, what do you want to throw at us next? I will have a go for basketball question for you, as well as we'll get back into the Flip Saunders uh, ceremony that will be happening tonight before the Wolves game. Cool. Mackie and Judd, Myron Medcalf in for Judd. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. This is like a marriage. Mackie and Judd. Might be boring, but it's stable. On 1500 ESPN. Now on Mackie and John. Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant importance. Mackie and Judd. Uh, Myron Metcalf has been with us in place of Judd today. He's probably at Pippin's downtown Chicago. I hope you get some good pizza. So. Get some good oh, pizza. Oh, man. Best There's all the kinds world. of good stuff. Italian food in Chicago. There's some incredible stuff and there's a place right next to pippins actually it's a hot dog stand that's like you can find anything in chicago are you new york pizza or chicago pizza guy chicago i'll eat both look at me for god's sake there's no competition right but uh i'll go i'll go deep dish you know what what sucks though sometimes you'll go you'll order even like an individual size deep dish pizza at like a gino's east or uh giordano's or somewhere and uh and and you wind up having two pieces, and there's like three or four left. Can't do it. Like, I can't do it. And I'm can't. traveling or something. I one time I gave like a half box of pizza just to a homeless guy. It yep. was like the best I've ever felt. You know yes. what? Yes. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna be able to eat this, and it's probably terrible for me to eat the rest of this anyways. And this man could mm. could use a good warm piece of pizza. So there it is. Dave, it's great you, stuff. You got some questions for us, Dave? Actually thinking about pizza now, but Seriously, yes, I can I mean, probably yeah. do. Which questions. one are you? Are you Chicago, New York? Uh, I would probably lean Chicago most of the time, but either I mean, there's nothing against a nice floppy New York slice either. Yeah, but yeah. man, you know the good deep dish. You get it. It's, it's it's a it's a rare treat, I guess, for me. I don't have it often, but when I do, God, dang it, it's good. Yeah, when the cheese melts all over your bottom lip. Oh, yeah. so that's good stuff. So. That's real good. Yeah. What are we talking about? Huh? Pizza, right? Okay. <laughs> Let's go back to go for basketball, right. although I think we'd all rather talk about pizza right now. Uh, spin it forward on the court, boys. Spin it forward for maybe next year, maybe two years from now. You've got, what, Nate Mason's a senior. We know Reggie Lynch is going to be gone now, obviously. There's 
Jordan Murphy Jr., who knows what his future is going to be now that he's just wallowed in the muck of all this crap, even though he's a rock star player. Paint the picture, boys. Go for basketball over the next two seasons. What does it look like? Wow. Um, I think it hinges. I would say it hinges. Well, Jordan Murphy is an interesting case here. I'd love Myron's thoughts on this because he had to be talked into staying last year. He had to be talked into staying after his freshman year when they won two games. And Patino said, listen, I know this looks bad. Like you got guys transferring and stuff, but we're ready to win. Reggie Lynch is going to be here. And now he's officially gone because he dropped his appeal today. So if Jordan Murphy comes back and you've got one of the best players in the country as a big man, as a senior, you can do some damage. But the other two players besides him that are wild cards for me, can Isaiah Washington emerge as one of the better point guards in the Big Ten? And then can you get something out of, and I'll just throw this name out, uh, Daniel Oturu as a freshman next year. Uh, he's outside of Trey Jones. He's the he's the second best recruit in the state of Minnesota. He's going to be a go for next year. Can he solidify that other big man spot now that Reggie Lynch is gone? Block shots, rebound. Because if he does that as a freshman and Jordan Murphy comes back and you got Dupree McBrayer and... Amir Coffee, Eric Curry should be back from injury. Yeah, like there's enough to win games. I'm not saying you're going to win the conference, but you're going to the NCAA tournament if you bring back all the pieces and get anything from Isaiah Washington or Daniel Aturu. So I think, you know, if with the Gopher basketball program, though, any scandal could pop up at any given time. So yeah. th- that's always the, the gray cloud that hangs. But I think they go back to the NCAA tournament next year if the roster holds. I, I think you got to see a lot of development in Isaiah Washington. Um the tools are there, but he is uh, a shooting guard trapped in a point guard's body and mind. Like he, he's he's playing a role that I don't think he's suited for, to be honest. In terms of he's a scoring point guard, like that. That's the kind of guy he is. And if he can make that jump to being more of a pure point guard, just finding more balance for that team next year, they certainly have a chance to get into the NCAA tournament. Daniel is is the real deal. Murphy, does he stay? If he stays, if Coffee, if all those guys come back, you do have a good unit. But we thought a lot of that coming into this season, too. Yeah. I mean, and I know injuries were the big thing, but I don't know that this team has ever reached its potential under Patino. Will it happen next year? Maybe. But there are a lot of things they've got to fill to me, starting at point guard and working from there. And if they stay healthy, who knows? I don't mean to sound like angry old guy because I'm – I'm not angry old guy. Isaiah Washington doesn't have to put a shine on everything he does on the court. Like sometimes yeah. it almost feels like he's worried about he's he's so worried about impressing the crowd or something. Yeah. It's like, dude, you know, you can you can just make a yes. basic layup. I mean, you don't have to you don't have to jazz everything up. You can just sort of play it you can play it straight and probably be more effective. Yeah, he is the nine minute National anthem singer, mm-hmm. right? The one who just, just won't give us two minutes, it. hit the notes, just sing the good. song and sit down. Yeah, <laughs> I don't care about your voice and all this. Just sing it and sit down. Right. Start exactly. the game tonight. The Timberwolves before the eight o'clock tip against the Lakers will celebrate the legacy, the memory of Flip Saunders. A little ceremony before the game. They'll raise a banner to the rafters. Let's say somebody who knows nothing about basketball, nothing about Minnesota, comes up to you and says, "Hey." Who is this guy? This uh, this flip guy? What's what's going on here? What are we dealing? What's I, I don't understand it. I mean, there's no NBA championships that I know of that we're you know putting up into the Target Center rafters for. What what is the legacy of Minnesota basketball that we are celebrating tonight for Flip? 
There was a first round championship, damn it, and a second round championship <laughs> yeah, in right. 2004, I believe. Definitely. You know, that is, a, I love that question. Of course you do. Because it can, yeah, it is a great question, quite frankly. Because um, on the outside looking in, it is a little bit sad. I mean, Flip Saunders, on the outside looking in, I think everyone would say that Flip Saunders is a very influential, great offensive basketball mind, and nobody would question his influence as a coach, even with the Pistons. That was a really tough, he took over after they won a championship and like the bar was championship or bust. And so, but even uh, Washington, like they didn't have the most success, but everyone who's ever dealt with flip on the outside looking, it would tell you, yes, this guy deserves to be honored. And he's one of the more innovative offensive minds of the 1990s and early two thousands in the NBA. But at the same time, we don't have a whole lot to celebrate with the Timberwolves. And so you're really only celebrating one good playoff run season of that Flip Saunders era. So you're more celebrating the person that Flip yep. was, the influence that he was on Kevin Garnett and basketball in the state of Minnesota, going back to his U of M days. It's a it's a lifetime recognition for Flip Saunders. Not as much, hey, they went to the <laughs> Third round of the playoffs one time in 2004, if that if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, his legacy will be good coach, better man. I mean, if you ask around about Flip Saunders, and I've talked to a lot of coaches and people in the game about him, they all love him. Like, you want to know who Flip was hyping up when NBA guys were down on him? Draymond Green. Flip Saunders was the guy, because he's tight with Izzo. Yeah. He was the guy hyping up Draymond Green before that draft, saying, look, this kid can play and he's smart. Like, so Flip, I think, is known around basketball circles as just one of the better guys in the business. Guys would consult him. He would come to Tubby's practices sometimes. Like, he was known as the guy you called, even for some of the veteran coaches like an Izzo. Um, so I think it's almost more of like a your favorite coach's favorite coach kind of thing. Yeah. But his legacy will be good coach, even better man, who I think changed a lot of lives with what you, he did. You know what? This just kind of comes to mind, but if you're wondering – about Flip's offensive acumen or his ability to to take a talent and mold that talent, which he did with Kevin Garnett. Yep. He's done it with other guys early, Carl Anthony Towns, just identifying Carl Anthony Towns. Wally Zerbiak. All right. Let's yeah. be honest about Wally Zerbiak. You know, that Wally was six foot seven. He's an undersized forward. And if you want to put him at shooting guard, he can't handle. Like when no. Wally Zerbiak would go behind the back on a dribble to try and get some more space. He'd ha- it's like me doing it, or he'd have to stop. He'd like ball behind his back, stop, like go find it with, you know, turn around the other way. Uh, wasn't the most physically gifted basketball player, but he could shoot and he could do a couple other things. And Flip Saunders at one point made Wally Zerbiak in that system and playing with KG yeah. is a big help too. He made Wally Zerbiak an all star in 2001, 2002, one of the most accurate three point shooters of that era. Drawn up X's nose and squeezing the most out of him. I mean, how many systems or coaches could get 20 points per game, a handful of rebounds, and a handful of assists, and 46% from three from Wally Zerbiak? That's a great point. Wally couldn't play in this league, I don't think. Not the same way. Everybody's he'd, be spot, he'd be a spot-up shooter pretty he, much in today's NBA. But all those guys are gone, right? you got to be able to do a little something. Uh, so that's a great point. I think Flip did develop talent, and Wally's a great example uh, of that, I don't know. I mean, he's not responsible for Wally's hair, which was glorious and magnificent. <laughs> still is, by the way. Still is. In case he's listening, uh, yeah, sorry, Wally. Didn't still mean looks, to disrespect still you looks there. Your hair is amazing. But yeah, I think Flip doesn't have that big win, that big season. At the same time, I think he's obviously one of the better coaches 
I don't know if he's not top ten or anything like that, but he's a great coach, better guy, and that's how I think he'll. Yeah, be we right. had who was it? We had somebody on a couple years ago. It might have been right after his passing. I think it was Tim Legler came on our show and was talking about how when Flip was in the CBA, there were NBA teams and NBA coaches that were stealing his play sets from the yeah. CBA and running them in the NBA in the early to mid nineties before he came over to the Wolves. That you know some of those teams. So I my my family's from Lacrosse, Wisconsin, so. Some of my, my my grandpa and grandma and aunts and uncles had tickets to Catbirds games yeah. in the early 1990s. Todd Day played on oh, one of yeah. those teams. I know Todd and Day. Flip was in the CBA was recognized as an innovative offensive mind, inbounds passes and just the different systems that he would implement. So, yeah, let's 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 pause. Come back with question number three here. We got Myron Medcalf in the house on Mackie and Judd until one o'clock, and Matthew Collar will join us for some. Future of the Vikings speculation as uh, the free agency window opens up in less than a month now. We'll do that in about uh, 15 minutes or so. Mackie and Judd. Phil Mackie. I just love the fact that every time he comes on, you get insight about stuff that you don't know. Judd Zolgad. Every time he's just full of insight. He's he's kind of an open book. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. The 2018 Venture Bank Minnesota Golf Show returns to the Minneapolis Convention Center tomorrow through Sunday. And today is your last chance to buy tickets in advance and receive over $470 in value. Each paid advance ticket will receive 19 free greens fee passes and a choice of your own golf shirt. The offer ends midnight tonight. To purchase tickets, head to minnesotagolfshow.com. All right, we'll talk, we'll talk some Vikings here with Collar in about uh, 10 minutes or so. But Dave Harrigan, let's get you question number three. And it's a very important question about a very sticky situation. I want to know how you boys would react. Megan... Good is her name. She is a figure skater from Canada. Megan Good, that's someone else. Megan yeah, yeah, Demel is her okay, name. Okay. Yeah, that's somebody else. Who is Megan Good? She's an actress, actress or something. Yeah. Megan Demel. Is she She's the figure is she the Canadian uh, Paris figure skater? Yes. I mean, I heard from a friend. Yeah, I may have like, watched wait, that for wait, three wait, hours wow. the other night. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Who did the triple axle? You know everything, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, did she you know and- that there's like I was googling last night. This, we got in this discussion about triple axles, triple lutzes. Triple, there's like six of them. A triple flip is not yeah. an actual flip. It's like a rotation. It's, there's Salkows, Axles, Lutzes, Flips, Toe Loops, and then some other thing that makes it six of them. I can't do singles. So I don't know what. I don't know what. <laughs> it's it has to do with like, are you jumping off of left or right edge or toe? Where are you landing? It's very complicated, and I don't even know how they spot that live. To be honest, Me, I give everybody a tip. Everything looks like a 10 to me. Right. You didn't break your head open while <laughs> jumping on, on a, a knives on your feet. Yes. Yeah. All right. Sorry, Dave. Go That's all right. Anyway, she uh, was uh, in the Paris competition. She and her partner, Erica Radford, took the bronze, partially because they executed the first throw quad salcow in Olympic history. Did you know that, Phil? Did, but, did she throw him or vice versa? I think vice versa, but okay. I can't okay. be sure. I wasn't watching. But anyway. That's how you could score even higher, by the way. Oh, Have you the woman throw the man for a triple axle. <laughs> you want to change it up. This was tweeted shortly before, I believe, the short program a couple nights ago, however, from Megan. I'm heading to the rink to compete at the Olympics, and I just dropped my phone into a non-flushed toilet bowl. Oh, no. That's right. No better way to humble me before the biggest skate of my life. I want you guys to put yourself in that very exact situation. The biggest moment of your life is upcoming no matter what it is. 
and you just pull that same mistake with this little smartphone that we all have attached to our hip pretty much 24-7. What is your next move? Well, so two things, a question and a comment. Yeah, I know I know what's coming. The comment is if you're on the verge of an Olympic medal, you should have a guy or a person to handle that for you. Definitely. So that makes, that makes that part of it easy. My second question is define unflushed. I knew that was coming. Like... How unflushed <laughs> are there solids? Yeah, is it a mixture oh, of solids and liquids? Oh man! Like me after having too many no. jalapenos on a Subway veggie delight the other bad. night, or is it just you know? Well, does it make a big difference to you? Yes, I That's think a huge it does. Difference. I think it's a very large That's difference. That's a huge difference. Yes, like if it's a number one, all right, whatever needs to be done. If it's a number two, you uh-uh. could maybe, and it's in no. If it's a I don't know. No, you're not. No. No. <laughs> you're not. So. It's not happening. One, yes. Two, no. Uh, you, you talk about having someone else do it. That's true. Michael Beasley, I went to a pickup game once. He had a Gatorade. He dude. dropped his Skittles in there? No, he, he had a guy He had a guy who just held his Gatorade. If you're her in the Olympics, you like should not, have a Gatorade like, person. Not like in a basketball game where you're talking... In a social situation. No, well, so he was playing in this pro-am. Okay. And he had a dude on the sideline who was just there to hold his Gatorade. Wow. And would hand him Gatorade. I would assume you win a medal, you should have a Gatorade person. Yeah. You know, that they're going in there to get the phone. Now, if you finish fourth, you ain't roll, got no, no. roll your sleeves up. Matthew Collar is... Uh, yeah, I'm just glad this is the lead into my... Uh, <laughs> yes, this is, this is... Are you going after it? Uh, I'm with you. If it's, uh, if it's a one... Then sure, yeah. I'll just wash it off. Yeah. If it's a number two, uh-huh. I, I just can't. Then uh-huh. I'll get a Do you phone. leave the phone in there until yeah. and then let someone yep. else deal with it? Sorry. If it clogs the toilet, that's <laughs> that's a sign to me. But you got like can't you have someone pull the phone out and at least get some valuable information off? I mean, chances are the phone is what is a CSI? Why do you want to lose your contacts? I guess if you're if they're stored on the cloud. You know what? If it's in the cloud, you're right. Everything's in the cloud, man. I, I don't even. I think I probably stare at it for a second and then just walk away. And, <laughs> See, I don't even do that. Not even consider it. Just yeah. oh, well, that's <laughs> eight hundred dollars in the. Now, what if you clog it though <laughs> with the phone? Now you got a whole other problem. But it ain't my problem. I don't care. I'm out. Yeah, but then I mean, you're going to be in a different country by the time. True. That's South, your event. Your event's Korea. about to be over. Yeah, let South Korea handle that. Yeah. So has that ever happened to any of you in an unflushed toilet? Or have you dropped no. anything? I dropped a watch one time in a urinal. Yeah. And I had a, I think I made like a friend. I don't know how that happened, but a friend wound up like, I don't know why they chose wow. to do that, but this yeah. is in that high is school. one hell of a friend. Or I never wore the, the never wore the watch again. That never happened to me. I, I've had a, a few phones eat it, but never like that. No. Uh, one of them, I went canoeing with my wife and she put it in her backpack, yeah. but then didn't realize that sometimes water gets in the canoe and gets yeah. your back wet. So then my phone was doing all sorts of crazy things when it came out, and that was the end of that. Yeah. The other was... Nobody peed in the bag, right? Uh, not that I know of. Okay. Uh, the other was, when I was working at a grocery store, some lady dropped hers down a storm drain. Oh. But we could see it. So what we did was we found some metal pipes, and we tied them together, and then put some tape on the end and stuck them all the way down the storm drain. Genius. Got like the MacGyver. phone back. Genius. Yep. Just like MacGyver. And you know what's crazy? Is the woman was just like, oh, thanks, and then walked away like... That's it? No, we just spent hey, 30 minutes getting your phone. I would have called her back and said, right. oh, no, 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 give me the right. phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I'm going to throw it right, right back down there, and you can go figure out how to get it without me. Yes. I'm going to need more than oh, thanks that here. Is, so my worst phone moment was 
I was with my daughter, oldest daughter, dropping off at school. I dropped the phone. And I think I can kick it back to myself, like mm. kind of catch it with my toe. Instead, I punt it 50 yards. <laughs> and it, and it, hits the, it hits a brick wall it's done. and just smashes. It's over. So you got to imagine in front of a kid, I think I'm going to have a cool moment. Like, look at dad. Like, look how cool this is. I catch the phone. Instead, I kick it 50 yards and hits the wall. And she's Shattered. like, like what? What? Did you, why'd you do that? The closest I've come in, in those panic situations, I dropped my keys, like car, house, everything, right up next to the elevator shaft opening. Yeah. And it was hanging by the edge of Ooh. like the back of the key as the elevator door is closing. So you only have a minute. It's like Indiana Jones grabbing <laughs> the hats in Temple of Doom. That's what I was thinking. And, and one of the other people in the elevator, without even thinking, reaches down and just like pops the keys up in the air, just quick like grabs Smart. the... Up in the air, and I caught them as the elevator door closes. That's now, like that, a movie scene. Like, those are gone <laughs> if they fall down the yeah. elevator shaft. That was a James Bond scene right there, <laughs> It man. was very courageous. Do you remember the Darren McFadden story? Hold on. Let's tell that when we come back. Okay.